Welcome everybody to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl Cindy G. How you guys are doing? Yours truly is doing pretty well and keeping up with everything going on in the world of wrestling. I mean, we are a couple days away from AEW's All Out and plus we just had two pay-per-views that happened this past weekend. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Summer Starkle Finale at Jinku Stadium, and WWE's Payback. And plus, other unexpected surprises that took place like from Monday Night Raw to WWE NXT and of course Impact Wrestling. Like, wow, what's next? A surprise that's going to be taking place on tonight's AEW Dynamite and on Friday Night SmackDown. Anything that goes, you guys, like when it comes to like surprises and like the oh my god moments. But hey, it's all good and we're here for it, you guys. So, just starting off with like backwards to forwards on what's going to be the topic for today's episode. Again, the usual recap of Impact Wrestling. Plus, I'll be giving you guys my pegs and also the overall thoughts and update regarding the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champion. Plus, a quick recap from New Japan Strong. And also a brief, brief recap of like the event that I've gone to last Friday which is AEW Heels. Well, kind of like a inside slash my thoughts overall, you guys. And also results in upcoming independent wrestling show from across the state slash across the country as well, you guys. So before I get into all that, let me go ahead and give you guys my plug and also the Bullet Cast plug. So you guys can follow me at Twitter, Instagram, and on my YouTube channel at simply underscore C underscore OK. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore C underscore O-K. And you guys can follow the Bullet Cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channel at the Bullet Cast or simply Bullet Cast. And whenever you guys are listening to, whether it's Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, or other podcast platform. Anyway, you guys, so... Enough of the plugs. Let's go ahead and kick things off with the results from past independent wrestling show that took place this past weekend. So on Saturday, August 29th, Synergy Pro Wrestling Presents Heath Seeker just had a show at Hillsborough Township in New Jersey where Alex Raidman defeated Kit Osborne and Mike Dell in a two-on-one handicap match. KTB defeated Bobby Orlando in a singles match. Eric Hovis defeated... Anthony Gangon, Shot Pratt, and MV Young in a four-way match. TJ Crawford defeated The Whisper and Casey Cattell to retain the Synergy Cruiserweight Crown Champion. Joe Gacy defeated Arcadia in a last man standing match where Joe Gacy is now staying with Synergy Pro. The team of the Apostle of Chaos consists of Chris Benning and Logan Black defeated Austin Luke and Dylan McKay in a tag team match. Charles Mason defeated Elias Taylor for the number one contendership match for the Synergy Cruiserweight Crown Champion. Matt Vertigo defeated Joey Silver, Kip Steven, and Lucky 13 in a fatal four-way match. Ring of Honor star LSG defeated Mac McIntosh. And Brandon Cook defeated Frightmare to become the new Synergy 
champion. So congratulations to all the winners and new champions. And you guys can check out Synergy Pro Wrestling on Fight TV. Alpha One Wrestling presents Escape from Your Basement just took place at the Moose Lodge in Oshawa, Ontario, Canada, where the Space Pirates consist of Shane Saber and Space Monkey defeated. Fight or Flight consists of Gabriel Froza and Von Vertigo for the number one contendership match for the Alpha One Tag Team Champion. Jesse V with Mark Wheeler defeated Safe Travis Moore and Jesse V defeated Mike Forte. Impact Wrestling star Ethan Page defeated the Diamond Tiger Kobe Durst. Steve Brown defeated Brett Michael David, Holden Albright, and Jody Threat in a four-way hardcore elimination match to retain his Alpha 1 Outer Limits champion. And Mark Wheeler with Jesse V defeated Impact Wrestling star Josh Alexander to retain the Alpha Male champion. You guys can check it out very soon on SmartMart Video or you can check out on the Twitch replay if you guys sign up on Ethan Page's Patreon. So congratulations to the winners and champions. Anyway, so let's go ahead and go on to the upcoming event for this weekend across the state or slash country or whichever. So on Sunday, September 6th, Absolute Intense Wrestling presents I Assure You, We're Open. That's going to be take place at the Celebration Plaza Amphitheater in Indianapolis, Indiana, where... 40 Acres will be taking on the Young Stud in a tag team match. Rip City Shooter will be taking on Second Gear Crew with Fonzie in a six-man tag match. Former WWE Superstar Swoggle will be taking on Levi Everett. Eric Stevens will be taking on Lee Mornardi. Impact Wrestling star Ethan Page will be taking on New Japan Pro Wrestling star Filthy Tom Lawler. Philly Marino Experience will be defending their AIW tag team match against Two Infinity and Beyond in the final showdown. Trey Lamar will be taking on Benjamin Carter, Johnny Patch, and Chase Oliver in a fatal four-way match. And Dominique Garini will be taking on Calvin Tankman. And you guys can check out AIW on independentwrestling.tv or on demand very soon. And afterwards, Game Changer Wrestling presents Bring It Out will be taking place at the same venue at the Celebration Plaza Amphitheater in Indianapolis, Indiana, where AJ Gray will be taking on Mance Warner, ACH will be taking on Blake Christian, Ricky Shane Page will be taking on Matthew Justice in a non-title match, Alex Zane will be taking on Benjamin Carter, Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson will be taking on Alex Colon, Tony Deppin will be taking on Calvin Tickman, and AEW star Joey Janela will be taking on Effie. So you guys can definitely check it out on Fight.TV. And if you guys have any more like shows you want me to promote or give results or an upcoming shows, please feel free to DM me on Twitter or on Instagram. Again, simply underscore C underscore OK. All right, guys, so that is it for the results and upcoming independent wrestling show. So let's go ahead and go on to my brief experience with the event that I just attended last Friday, which is the AEW Heels event. So I know that I did touch base on my thoughts of the AEW Heels um, charging 50 bucks yearly 
and I did touch based on it on my Instagram page under Instagram TV, giving you guys my two cents. So for those of you are new listeners to me, so I'm going to give you guys my brief opinion about it. So when they released the pricing for the AEW heel events, I was kind of having a mixed feelings about it because I did join the past two AEW heels event before they announced that they're actually going to be doing the event, but then charging people 50 bucks. The first event I've gone to was the lunch party and I only have to pay like 20 to 25 bucks if I don't recall if I recalled but then on the second event I just automatically sign up and got my spot for free and that's it so like I was like pretty much like kind of like pretty tad disappointed with that they're charging those and then I know it has been like an uproar on social media with like the charging of 50 bucks and there was like a lot of like price points and also mainly the criticism regarding the AEW women's division too. So I did give my brief thoughts about it. I wish that they would give kind of like a monthly charge instead of like a yearly charge. Like, oh, you can only pay five bucks every month without a problem. You can cancel every time. Then, of course, you're locked in for a year. But then when I did the math, like 50 bucks divided by 12, that's like, four dollars and 16 cents like rounded up of course math is not my forte just saying y'all but hey I did take the chance and I did sign up I did miss the their the event before the last event because of like I was going through like budgeting and whatnot and like I was kind of like a bit afraid of like you know the criticism that I'm going to be getting because I sometimes don't take criticism too lightly, especially in the world of like the internet wrestling community or like the wrestling community itself. Like we have like more of like a strong opinion, rather if it's like in favor or unin favor for it too. So that was kind of like my concern that was going into it. But then when they announced that they're going to be doing a next event, I promised myself secretly that let me go ahead and join in the AEW heels and see what's going on. So I sign up, I pay my 50 bucks, which of course I want to say this, it's worth money well spent. It's better than like paying like what, 125 for like a virtual meet and greet for a virtual sl SummerSlam access or something like that. But when I look at the website for AEW heels, all I see is like, you have your profile set up, dashboards, announcements, also, like, videos that is not released to the public, only exclusively for AEW heels. Like, the giveaways to, like, the behind-the-scenes. Everything, especially interacting with other AEW heels members, which is just either the AEW uh, fan or wrestling fan as a whole, too. So, I really like the website a lot, and I did, like how they did more approachable, especially with the event itself. So the event, they started right on time because let me tell you, the first time I went on my first ever AEW Heels event for the launch party, they were 15 minutes late, which I can understand because sometimes when it comes to meetings and conferences, they start a few minutes late due to like a technical issues or whatever the circumstance it is. And that's fine. I'm like more used to it, but 
for this event, they started right away. And it started off with like, you know, when you come into the Zoom conference room, music is playing and you're kind of like dancing around. Like, it's great to see all the other AEW heels, like female friend, fans out there and men, of course. There's some gentlemen there too, um, dancing like to pop music like Kasha, Christina Aguilera, to Rihanna, to Destiny Childs. It was kind of like a dance party. And then, of course, that's when you have some of the AEW women's stars that attended the event. Like Vicky Garo was there, Nyla Rose was there, Leva Bates was there, Lexi Nair, Jen Decker was there. I miss Jen. And shout out to her for thank you for checking up on me. See if I'm okay from the wildfire. I really do appreciate it, Jen. Really means a lot. Also, um, who else was there? Oh, yeah. Dasha was there. Chris Atlanter was there. Also, Abaddon was there. But they had their cameras turned off. But, you know, they were there because their name popped up. Also, Honey, to quote Lovely T, Anna J was there. Oh my God. When she was there, she has that evil look because of course she is part of the Dark Order. So I was like, oh boy, she's there. And Brandy is the host of the event too. So anyway, so Brandy popped up and then she started the event right away to cover up what are going to be the fun events. So the event for the age of heels is you have is like a licensed psychologist named Dr. Candace Franco, who is talking about the whole, like how to manage your stress, especially when it comes to chronic stress, especially during this pandemic and also other like craziness has been going on, you know, with the whole social injustice, by the way, black lives matter, no matter what. Also this whole like situation with the speaking it out movement, which is the, me too movement in wrestling, which I'm not going to go in there because that's going to be, I don't want to talk about like, that's like a whole other topic. You guys can check it out on my Instagram TV, on my Instagram page and everything that is going on in the world too. Also you have, it's like a Q and a session with big swole and also like giveaways and announcement about the merchandise and also tutorials by AEW's head seamstress, Sandra Gray, which I'm going to touch base on it briefly. So, of course, you have the the psychiatrist, Dr. Candace Franco. She did an incredible job, like, you know, showing, like, how can you handle stress, especially during this time, especially, like, the definition of a true burnout. Like, I know all of us has been going through a lot in our lives, like, feeling stress, leading up to, like, a severe burnout overwhelming, insomnia, everything. And it actually helps a lot too. So I learned so much, especially from yours truly. I've been very vocal when it comes to mental health, especially anxiety. And stress is like my worst enemy ever, you guys. Like, no joke. So if you guys already follow me for a while, like, you know, that like last year was my, let's just say not my good year, to say at least you guys can go to my youtube channel like i did touch base like path from past updates videos especially the one from last august where i did reveal about what happened to me and revealing more about my mental health too so it is something that i took it very seriously and learned like what i can do to better myself and especially for others also 
And also she did give a website. So if you guys wanted to look for help, it's totally up to you. By the way, non-sponsor, check out psychologytoday.com so you guys can look for like different resources across your area. So just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, followed by, by that, you have is a Q&A session from Big Swole. And it was really nice getting to know more from Big Swole. She did talk about like how she's, what she got into wrestling to like how she got her name Big Swole, which Big Swole did touch base that when her, Nicole Savoy, Shayna Baszler did, um, did team me up together and it's based on like you know big swole's strength and her muscle that's why they got the nickname big swole and then nicole's like can i be a little swole and she's like yeah go ahead and then shana of course medium swole and then ruby riot baby swole of course so that's how she got the name swole and i'm glad that my question has been answered because i did submit a question to the aew heels dashboard you know and my question to Big Small was, who is your biggest influencer slash inspiration? And she says her mother. And I think that her response about it was very beautiful that she said, like, you know, her mom is a very hardworking woman she ever been and how much that, you know, growing up was a very tough time between her and her siblings, like finding off from like the streets to like where they are, how her mom is not giving up. So that is like a very powerful like powerful statement from Big Swole also she did touch base about her illnesses too and her family I learned so much about Big Swole and it gives more appreciation for her and more respect for where she's at till this day like working her ass off in the industry for so many years to where she's at on tv so she is in a very incredible down-to-earth human being though and also like someone did um ask one other question and i wrote down a statement which i was like Ooh. and big swole wrote before the Q&A end, she said, please don't compare to a 35-year-old company that we got started. Yep, throwing some shades, y'all, to a certain company because, you know, AEW, they're doing their thing. We don't need to worry about the other company, which y'all know what everybody's talking about. But anyway, y'all, so that was the Q&A session from Big Spool. And then next segment was the t-shirt tutorial with sandra gray only took notes because me plus crafting it's a big hard no i suck at it i'm good at coloring and painting and a bit of not too much drawing but also i prefer to do it digitally like you guys saw on my instagram page most of it is digital art you guys so just want to throw it out there but physical arts and crafts including t-shirt yeah, my weak point. But it's something that I could definitely, like, learn. And if I wanted to, like, you know, ump it up a, great, a bit with my crap ton of wrestling t-shirt that I lost count, you know, I'm more than happy to, like, you know, design. To, like, design it from what I learned from Sandra, Sandra Gray. So, and fun fact, like, I learned so much about who she is. I mean, she started working for AEW last year and prior to that she was working with wwe and her first wrestling gig as a seamstress was at 
WCW. And in the backstory is that when she was at a fab store, Stable came in and she's looking for someone who can make a ring gear for Johnny B. Bad. So Sandra Grace, first um, wrestler that she ever made the gear was actually Johnny B. Bad. And that was freaking cool. And it's back in the early 90s. From there on, she did um, design a gear for the Nitro Girls, Dean Malenko, DDP. Of course, I think she did for Dusty, if I'm not recall. And of course, the list goes on and on and on. And she's been in the industry for like, Man, so many years, and I give so much respect for Sandra. Like she's uh, she's like a very humble, down to earth person. That you know, with her hard work and her creativity, it was very mind boggling, you guys. And I'm very impressed. So I'm very impressed with her work and her drive and everything. So I learned so much from the tutorial. I was very impressed. Like I said, I'll dabble onto one one day. But first, I got to buy a blank black $5 t-shirt that I could get from Walmart so that I can practice. You know, practice makes perfect, you guys. Before I go gun-ho with my, I don't know how many wrestling t-shirts that I own. I have a lot of it, you guys. But anyway, and then from there on, Brandy did talk about, like, the discount code for one of the AEW merchandise and also the giveaway for her action figure. Sherry announced the winners and... After that, she did the um, the segment to get to know each of the AEW heels, but she only got into like five or six people. I fortunately I didn't get picked, but it's all good because if I meet Brandy, I would mark the f out, you guys. Like no joke. Like I would have like be shy or like you know speechless. Or say something that, like, I regret, not regretfully saying, like, you know, bad thing, but kind of, like, in a nervous, kind of, like, I messed my word up type of way, you guys. But it's all good. Like, maybe on the next AEW Heal event, I'll be, if she picked me, I'll be like, oh, hi. I'll be more professional, you guys. But anyway, and then ended off with a dance party. And, yeah, and that was it for the AEW Heals event. It was really nice and very, like, kind of, like, more of an uplifting community to all the fans out there, especially, you know, meeting new people in the World Wide Web. And, like, I was very blown away from it. And since then, I gained, like, some followers and friendship, too, from each of the AEW heels, especially meeting a couple people virtually that kind of, like, touch base on, like, Amy Nimri and her husband, Andy, who is the co-owners of Russell Joy, of course, Tiffany Castellana, who is the biggest AEW fan ever and the biggest um, Cody fan. Also, Jackie, aka Love to Make. Also, Rachel, too. She's the biggest GCW fan. I've been shouting out a lot of people that you guys can see on Twitter. Also, Jesse Davin was there, too. And yeah, you guys... Like, I know I'm giving shout-outs to everybody because I love to show, share the love, you guys. Like, that's how much that with AEW Heels, it actually kind of changed, you know, my perspective in wrestling and also what it's like being a wrestling fan once again. Like, ever since signing up back in May, like, on the weekend of Double or Nothing, 
I actually kind of have like a different mindset and different perspective when it comes to wrestling and the human being too. But I think that is like something that like I learned a lot too throughout this crazy time. But I know I'm talking over about it about it too. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen for the next AEW heel events. But hey, it is worth my time and also meeting a lot of like devoted fans alike. Anyway, you guys, enough about that. Before I go into New Japan Pro Wrestling, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We're going to be hearing from Brandon from Curveballs and Chair Shots. What's up, everyone? It's Brandon. If you love sports and wrestling like I do, then check out my other podcast, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Every Friday, me and my illustrious co-host, Dominic Hobson, talk the biggest news from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and so much more. We also cover some things we don't talk about here on the Bulletcast, including a weekly NXT recap. You can listen to Curveballs and Chair Shots wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Curveballs and Chair Shots. Now let's get back to the show. And we are back. Boy, you guys, New Japan Pro Wrestling US of A has been going strong. And they're getting ready for the upcoming show, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So before that, let's go ahead and do a quick recap for the last episode of New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. So in the beginning, you have is Kevin Kelly interviewing Jay White, which mad respect to Jay White for wearing the Black Lives Matter Bullet Club style t-shirt, which you guys can get it at Pro Wrestling T. Way to represent the whole Black Lives Matter movement because it is still going at it, especially during the social injustice, unfairness of this era of it too. So Black Lives Matter people, just saying. And so Kevin Kelly did interview Jay White regarding his upcoming match against Flip Gordon. And, you know, Jay White, even though, like, it's been months since he wrestled, but he is ready for it. So it is going to be a pretty impressive main event match coming up this Friday. And, of course, it's funny that Jay White was trying to give a two-sweet to Kevin Kelly, but Kevin did pass on that, of course. Which, of course, Bullet Club is still the top heel out there, but I guess it's like the top heel here in US of A. Anyway, so main commentary you have is Kevin Kelly and Alex Kozlov. And for the opening of the match you have is Danny Limelight versus Jordan Clearwater. Pretty impressive opening of the match. There was like a lot of back and forth going on, which you have is Jordan Clearwater did a side step to Danny Limelight into the turnbuckle. Then Clearwater did duck a clothesline from Danny Limelight, followed by Clearwater with a leaping neckbreaker for the two counts. Clearwater with a heavy body shot after Danny Limelight did the mid kick. Then, of course, back more back and forth action. Clearwater catches Limelight in midair, connects with the running power slam for the two counts. Then Clearwater did the spine buster for another two count. That's when Limelight did a side step to Clearwater into the turnbuckle pad. And then he did the apron and Ziguri, followed by a symbiotic DDT to pick up the victory. So that was a pretty good showcase match for Danny Limelight. He kind of reminds me of Rocky Romero, though. Kind of like hint of it, too. But he's like, I don't know, you guys. I kind of get the feeling that Danny Limelight and Rocky Romero are related. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, or maybe, I don't know, I've seen two to two, though. But anyway, so another match you have is the eight-man tag match you have is the team of TJP, 
ACH, Carl Frederick, and Clark Connors versus Misterioso, Barry Brown, Blake Christian, and Adrian Quest. So that was a pretty impressive eight-man tag match that I was pretty, like, more drawn in. Everybody did shine together. Like, they were mega superstars. So you have this ACH did drop Blake Christian with the running shoulder tackle, followed by ACH did leapfrog over Blake Christian until he dropped down to the canvas, and then he did the her Karana, followed by a two jackknife edge top to Christian until he reversed it with the Irish whip, then a drop kick, and then you have is TJP with two uppercuts to Blake Christian, but he reversed out to the Irish whip, followed by a chin breaker. It's like very incredible movesets from each of these guys. Like Mysterioso did dive over TJP's, then goes for a roll-up through Dropkick, but then TJP did counter with the Spine Buster. Of course, Clark Connors with the usual Boston Crab, kind of like the main moveset for the New Japan LA Young Lions. And then Mysterioso with the three sharp elbow strikes until Connors did counter with a German suplex, but then Mysterioso did... um lands back on the feet and then he did the clothesline until he super kick Connors followed by connect with the MSO to pick up the victory. So the team of Mysterioso, Bear Brown, Blake Christian, and Adrian Quest won the match. I was very impressed, very impressed with all the contenders, especially Adrian Quest himself. Like I said in the past episode, I did see him live at APW back in November of last year. And I feel like he's going to be shiny the most in during the whole like U.S. run of New Japan Pro Wrestling during this time. And he is going on top. Barry Brown, he did impress a lot of me, especially with his more of a heavy moonset. Blake Christian, I've seen his matches at GCW like I've seen on Fight TV. He did press the hell out of me, and especially Mysterioso as well. Anyway, you guys, so we're going to go head on to the main event match, which is Chase Owens versus former Lucha Underground slash WWE superstar and current Ring of Honor star, Ring of Honor star, PJ Black. I was pretty impressed with this match. Like, who would have thought that you'll see Chase Owens and PJ Black facing on? Like, I was pretty Blown away by this match. So you had is Chase Owens put a foot on the bottom rope, trying to force the break from PJ Black's arm bar. And then, of course, he, Chase Owens with the running for smash, followed by a slam through of PJ Black's head to the turnbuckle, and he repeatedly stopped on his chest, like over and over. And then, of course, PJ Black with the head scissor takeover, followed by a slingshot Prosecco. And then, of course, we have is PJ Black with a leaf fog over Owen, but then he counter for a hip toss. Then a lot of back and forth going on for it, too. It's like kind of like more of like, like kind of like a cruiserweight type of style match that you've seen, but this is like. 
a whole high elevation between these two guys too. Yeah, PJ Black with the spinning heel kick, followed by the rolling elbow, and then he did try to do the running cross body block. Then again with the crossbody, and then he connect with the spring roller moonsault for the first one. But then second time he tried until Chase Owens got his knees up in the air, and then Owens did try to attempt to do the jewel heist for the two until the two count. Owens with the lead knee lift, and then he planted PJ Black with the package pile driver to pick up the victory. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the episode of. New Japan Strong, and I was pretty impressed with the episode. It's just like your regular standard New Japan Pro Wrestling matches, because I know we're coming off from the New Japan Cup USA, especially you have what happened afterwards between Kenta and Jeff Cobb, and what's going to be happening with the IWGP United States title and whatnot. There is a lot of endless possibility going on. However, I am going to be briefly touching base on like the whole situation with John Moxley and the IWGP United States when I'm going to be doing the prediction for AEW's All Out because I think that's going to be kind of like one of the motive. I know I'm giving like previews, you guys, of my prediction, but. I think it needs to be something to, to address it and said and done to see what's going to happen if it comes to turn between New Japan and AEW. I'm just saying, people. Anyway, so we have is the matches has been announced for the Fighting Spirit Unleashed. So you have is the a tag team match where Clark Connors and the DKC will be taking on Alex Zane and making his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut. Former WWE superstar, Mr. No Days Off himself, Fred Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young. Fun fact, he's a really nice guy. I talked to him for five minutes at a last APW show back in November of last year, but digress on in. But he's a really nice, cool guy. Just want to let y'all know. Anyway, and then after that you have is Carl Fedra will be taking on Misterioso. Brody King will be taking on Hiku Leo. And for the main event match that I've been mentioning, Flip Gordon will be taking on Jay White. So that is the matches that's going to be taking place this Friday at New Japan Pro Wrestling Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And you guys can check it out on New Japan World. With that being said, let's go ahead and touch base briefly about the status of the IWGP Junior Tag Team. Um champion so as you guys know there has been a post-conference after the whole like jinku stadium new japan pro wrestling summer struggle finale they hold a press conference and they did announce the status of the iwgp junior tag team so show and yo has been the current iwgp junior heavyweight champion since they won the title at wrestle kingdom Unfortunately, at the New Japan Cup round one, Yo sustained an injury where he has a torn ACL and unfortunately has to be out to six months to a year. So therefore, with the decision for Rapongi 3K and New Japan Pro Wrestling, Sho and Yo have to vacate the title. So it is unfortunate that has been happening. But, you know, it is for the sake of, like, you know, how long 
yo is going to be after a while. But Sho did read a letter to what yo wrote and it said, I'll be back. So with that being said, there is going to be a tournament that's going to be going on during the road to the G1 Climax. And it's going to be by point system, you guys, just like with the whole GMI. G1 Climax, just saying. So the four team has been participating for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship Tournament, which you have is representing the main unit. You have is Ryusuke Toguchi and Master Wato. And for representing LIJ, you have is Bushi and Hamaru Takahashi. Representing Bullet Club, Gato and... Taiji Ishimori. Ooh, so I'm guessing Taiji two belts. Okay. Anyway, and for representing Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, and Yoshinoma Kanumaru. That is right. These are the four teams that's going to be competing. But I'm just going to pick, like, who are my two picks that's going to be going to the finals? So I'm thinking for the finals, it's obviously going to be LIJ versus Suzuki Goon. And for my overall pick for this is, of course, I'm going to see Eldest Prado and Kanemaru to be the new IWGP Junior Tag Team Champion. I mean, yeah, if they won it, that means all the members of Suzuki-gun will be holding the gold. Like, you have this Monoro Suzuki won the Never Open Week Champion at Jinku Stadium. You have is Zack Sabre Jr. and Taishi to they retain the IWGP Tag Team Champion. Why not have Eldesparo and Kanemaru winning the junior tag team? That's going to be like more giving most of the dominance for Suzuki-kun. So that is going to be something that I would like to see going forward. So yeah, you guys. So this is like my overall thoughts or what is going on. I want to know who you guys would like to see the junior heavyweight champion i know that it's only just four teams combined but this is something um temporarily during this whole pandemic and hopefully you guys i would like to see yo hopefully he'll be well enough to be ready for next year's Russell kingdom but anything can go you guys but sending best of luck to yo in his speeding recovery you know it is unfortunate but Anyway, you guys, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the recap from this week's Impact Wrestling that took place on September 1st. Boy, you guys, what a surprising turning event for this episode of Impact Wrestling. Like, seriously, it was very surprising, especially during this quote-unquote Tuesday Night War since we had NXT that aired on Tuesday due to the um, NHL hockey playoff that's taking place tonight on Wednesday. So we'll see what's going to happen within this week and next week. So like, so anyway, so let's go ahead and recap Impact Wrestling. So the opening match you have is Sammy Callahan versus Rob Van Dam with Katie Forbes. So you have his RBD and Katie Forbes was still doing this entrance, which, God, the theme music is giving me a migraine. Like, I'm sorry. This is one of the least favorite entrance music I ever heard. I missed the uh, Rob Van Dam's old theme, like, Rob Van Dam, da 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 the old effing show. Yeah, that theme, you guys, I missed it a lot. But anyway, 
So while they steal the entrance, Sammy Wen attack RVD by pushing him off the ring. And as soon as the bell rang, Sammy did blew a kiss to Katie Forrest. And, you know, Katie was pretty disgusting because, you know, she doesn't want to deal with Sammy, of course. But it's funny throughout the match. I really like her, like, her trash talking, though. Like, she gets in his face and whatnot. I know that, like, you know, having Katie on her side is kind of like a big distraction sometimes. Especially with her asses. I mean, don't get me wrong. Katie, beautiful girl. Especially with her body. I'm jealous, especially for her booty, though. But I'm digress, you guys. But anyway, so while Sammy was, like, continuing on to attack RVD, like, through the guardrails, and then you have his Katie, like, confronting Sammy, and then that's when, like, she was providing a distraction, showing off her asses until RVD did attack him, of course. And then he put Sammy on the top guardrail and did the spinning spinning kick off the apron. So that was like a pretty impressive move from RVD. So a lot of back and forth going on. RVD with the rolling thunder to Sammy until Sammy got his knees up. More back and forth. Sammy with a low cutter followed by the clothesline after clothesline. And then he was about to do his finisher until Katie got up in the apron with the distraction until Sammy stopped and then he got up confronted her and then Katie was about to bitch slap Sammy. Until, like, RVD was, like, not having it. And he did his, his usual spinning kick to him. And then he did the split-legged moonsault. Split-legged moonsault for the two count. More back and forth going on until, like, when Sammy was about to do the Canadian Destroyer. Then that Rob and Dan did the roll-up at first. But then Sammy did counter with the roll-up. And therefore, Sammy Callahan take the victory. So afterwards, like... Katie started trash talking Sammy as soon as she got out of the ring until Sammy did walk up to her and she trying to run away. Even though she's trying to like talk, you know, like being like the tough girl she is. Nope. And that's when RVD did attack him and then Katie did join attack. Same with the stomp. Of course, chairs got involved and that's when Katie brought the chairs to Rob Van Dam. RVD did place the chair and that's when... That's when he did the stop at first. And then Katie did the running rear roof first one. Second time, it's with the steel chair. And I was like, dang, girl. I did not know that when she did the running rear view through the chair on Samuel. I was like, did not know that her booty got so strong, though. I mean, I saw her working out a lot on her Instagram story, which I have to, like, skip through, like, her modeling and her twerking of it. But... You know, her workout regimen was pretty impressive. I just wanted to throw it out there, you guys. And then, of course, Rob Van Dam did the uh, the boot through the chairs. And that's when the feud has ended between RVD and Sammy Callahan. I don't know what's going to happen going forward with this storyline. But I'm hoping this is the end of it once and for all. But we'll see what's going on. And, of course, you have his backstage segment with Hernandez and Falaba arm wrestling for the money. And then you have his Reno scum came by, Falaba like, exit. And, of course, they ask Hernandez for the whole wad of cash. Hernandez made a deal to Reno scum that if they beat Rhino in a handicap match, he could give them the wad of cash they need. And they agree on it, too. So, anyway... All right, and then you have is the Wrestle House segment, like a big build-up match between 
Taya Valkyrie versus Rosemary with this whole situation of Johnny Bravo going on, like, where Taya is pretty pissed that, like, Rosemary lied to her about, like, you know, the whole situation with Johnny Bravo. And keep in mind, you know, Taya, it needed Johnny Bravo as an assistant. Not a lot of I mean, hello. Taya is married to John Morrison, of course. Like, yeah. It's, like, based on jealousy and more scorn for it, too. So, that is, like, the build-up. And, of course, you have this, this usual, like, you know, Russell House segment where, like, Crazy Steve um, won the blindfold match. And Johnny Swinger have to wear Crazy Steve's clothes, of course. And it's crazy. And so, he got out. And it was everybody's laughing and stuff. And freaking Jake Diener did... Say that Johnny Sweeter looks like the insane clown posse reject. Uh, reject member of the insane clown posse. And I was like, oh my god. Okay, that was kind of a bit funny. Don't get me wrong. Even though I kind of listen to the insane clown posse. But I'm not a fan of it. But their music was pretty dope. I just want to say that, you guys. So, alright. Don't come with me, all you um, juggalos and juggalettes, you know, I respect y'all, so just want to let y'all know, but yeah, and then during that, and then Tommy Dreamer did confront Johnny Bravo that because of this, he made him a special referee for the match between Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, which Johnny Bravo was pretty surprised because he's like torn, you know, what's going on, like whether he want to continue on being Taya's assistant or just pursue his love for Rosemary, you know, and plus, I think the last time we saw Johnny Bravo being a referee was back in 2017 until he aligned himself with John Morrison, when, which he used to be Johnny Impact, and Taya when John Morrison won the Impact World Champion, like, years ago, you guys. But yeah, anyway, so we have is a match between Reno Scum versus Rhino, a two-on-one handicap match. Right when Rhino came out to do his entrance, Reno Scum wasted no time and then started attacking Rhino. So it was a pretty much your standard handicap match. You have like Rhino giving Luster a couple chops, Adam Thorstone with a drop kick, and then a standing moonsault for a two count. Luster with a submission hold to Rhino between the ropes, and then a diving headbutt for the two counts. Rhino. Did the gore to Luster outside of the ring. However, Adam got into the ring. He was taking off his belt. And surprisingly enough, the camera kind of like drops low. And then out of nowhere, a guy that was like all black and everything. And I was like, oh dear, I think who I know who this is. So the mystery count man pulls down and then he ran Adam with a surprise finisher. A wake-up call as Rhino did the gore to Luster and pick up the victory. And, of course, the Mr. Cameraman revered to be Keith, you guys. That's right. And afterwards, Scott Demore came out with two security as Keith ran out when the security did chase him over. Scott Demore got into the ring and kind of like have a brief argument with Rhino. So it was kind of like a pretty fun match. I'm glad... Rhino won, but it's not too surprising that, you know, he did pull a shenanigan trying to, like, help Rhino out. But 
Hey, it's all good, you guys, but I don't know what's going to be happening next between Reno Scum and Hernandez, y'all. Like, we're going to have to wait and see. Anyway, you have it's a backstage segment where Moose is, like, sitting, and then the TV turned on and turned out to be EC3 with the promo from last week, which I stated the promo was his best promo he ever did. In, and he gave a warning shot to Moose that he better respond or else he will destroy the TNA world champion belt so moose um ran out of the room and he asked a employee to see where's ec3 and if so call the cops on him until of course the staff members say he went that way and when moose walked away he unzipped the hoodie and it says control the narrative so pretty much he did work for ec3 so that was pretty interesting, y'all. So anyway, you have is the backstage segment with the Good Brothers telling their stories to the security guards. So pretty much it's like kind of like a showcase of their talking shop podcast. And then you have is the rascal Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier or Zach and Des or Wentz and Des, whichever. And they were looking for some advice to the Good Brothers since they're facing up against Ace Austin and Madman Fulton in a tag match. It was pretty interesting, but not too much of it. And then back to the Russell House segment. A lot of confrontation going on, especially this whole, like, who took the Diener's beer and the whole animosity. And then, of course, Yavis, the Diener's did confront Larry D to ask what happened. And Larry D could not recall. And that's when, of course, AC Romero did defend Larry D. And that's when, of course, the impromptu Wrestle House Street Fight began. Of course, Tommy Dreamer with, like, a WTF voice. Oh, match? He's like, match time? Instead of the yelling, match time? Just, he's like, oh, guess match time. So, yeah, so you have his unofficial, unusual Wrestle House Street Fight. It was kind of like an odd street fight, but kind of like a funny moment to you guys. So... It was a lot of mini brawls going on. And then Cody Diener was about to grab the TV just to hit to Larry D until Tommy was like, don't touch the TV. And then he did give a quick plug to where to watch Impact Wrestling on Axe TV Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Western. Just wanted to let y'all know. <laughs> yeah. And so, so Cody Diener did back off and then continue Continue on to attack AC Romero, you guys. And then it got to lead to like a pinball match where you have Tommy Dreamer standing in the middle being a referee. And then you have his Larry D and Jake Diener kind of like brawl it out back and forth. And then Jake Diener with the facts about that mantle or something like that. It is kind of like a weird, unusual street fight that we ever seen, of course. And then back to AC Romero and... Cody Dina, where AC did threw Cody in the wagon as he rolled him over and then picked up until Cody did the jackknight and brawl until AC did run to the elevator and Cody don't know what to do until like he decided to go downstairs and then waited and while he raped he did kind of like a quick hoedown dance you know waiting on AC Romero until AC got out and he's like, man, I'm smart. And then that's when Cody Diener did attack AC. And of course, he has like more brawl. Again, Jake Diener to Larry D. And he was about to 
tack and back and forth. And of course, back to AC Romero and Jake, Cody Diener. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track on like which Diener, you know. So AC came out and strike him and missed with the Laria while riding on a bike. And of course, Jake, not Jake Diener, um, Cody Diener did rode a bike and of course he did hit by a parked car. It was pretty hilarious. More back and forth going on, and of course you have Cody Diener found an empty bottle of beer in the bedroom, and then he's like, "Did you took the beer?" Confronting Larry D, he's like, "No." So Jake Diener did the DDT, and then AC Romero they came by, pushed Cody until Larry D went back to being Lawrence D, of course, and then Jake did spit out some kind of like a powdering substances to the possessed Larry. Until surprisingly enough, Sue Young came very disappointed until she became possessed as Sue Young. I was like, is she's gonna be transforming back to Sue Young? Because that's when I've been waiting for. Until like some brightness going on in the other room. They did not show what happened. So Susie came out just being herself or something until Tommy Dreamer asked Susie what happened, and Susie does not recall until Tommy glanced over to the room. We didn't see what happened. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, he declares Susie as the winner of the Russell House Street Fight. While he raises her hand, of course, there was like a bloody hand going on. And I was like, I guess this is going to be kind of like we're going to see a almost a transformation back from Susie to Sue Young. That is one thing that I've been waiting for you guys for a while. But I know that we'll be seeing it right after this whole Russell House segment, which we'll get into that in a moment. Anyway, guys, after that, you have is a tag team match between Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus the Rascal, Dez and Wentz. So it's a lot of back and forth going on, especially I want to give props to the Rascals who are trying their best to, you know, trying to take out Madman Fulton for like a tall guy he is. It's like, damn, I don't know how these guys been pulled over, like, Desmond's trying to do his signature move, and then Zachary once did a couple of chops to Fulton. It was a lot. And then so you have his Zach did super kick. Um, Ace Austin as Fulton ran, and of course landed on outside ring, and then Des did brawl up briefly to Madman Fulton, and then Zach with the double stomp, and then the tope super suicida to Madman Fulton, and then Des did his impressive dice, and then of course. More back and forth until that that Des did brawl out to Fulton while Zachary once did control Ace Austin until both guys did the 450 splash where Desmond Xavier did land it, Madman Fulton outside the ring. But then, of course, Zachary once for as a legal tag team, so it's Ace Austin. Zachary once did the 450 splash to Ace Austin to pick up the victory. That is right. And afterwards, Motor City Machine Gun came out and they did cut a promo saying that how much they're very impressed with the Rascal, especially like being the young guns in the tag team division, especially how they are the veterans and being the Impact Tag Team Champion. So they asked if they wanted to issue a challenge to defend the tag team titles. Right when they were given the answer from Zachary and Dez, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton did surprisingly attack the Rascal until Alex Shelley and Chris Sabian uh, did run to, ran into the ring and made the save. So 
this is kind of like the like we're gonna be seeing a continuation between the rascals and most machine gun and also this whole situation with ace austin and madman fulton so i'm thinking we're gonna be seeing kind of like a feud that's gonna be happening going on mainly with madman fulton and ace austin with the motor city machine gun i think that's gonna be like a possibility that we're probably gonna be seeing them fight up leading up to bound for glory but anything can go depends on like you know if motor city machine gun will retain the title or anything like that but anyway guys so afterwards you have is a backstage segment where diana Perazzo was walking over to see if Everybody's ready for her black tie affair, which is like a celebratory of Diana Peraza winning the Impact Knockouts Champion. Of course, she was disgusted by Falaba and Gia Miller's ensemble, and of course, Willie Mack too. And then she came across Kimberly, asked her if she wanted to be a special guest MC, kind of like a curator. And of course, like. Kimberly was about to respond until Moose came by and asked if they see EC3, and both ladies said no, of course. And then you have as a backstage segment with Rohit Rojul kind of cleaning up the bell until GGP came by and asked that he wanted to challenge for the X Division title. Rojul said like Chris Bay has a has a rematch clause to to see if he want to have a match against him, but first if he can. TJP needs to be the one that needs to beat Chris Bay. And if he wins, he can definitely challenge Rojo for the X Division title. So they made a deal. And that's the first match has been announced. That's right. TJP versus Chris Bay. Anyway, moving on to the Wrestle House match. Taya Vakri versus Rosemary with Johnny Bravo as the referee. Of course, more trash talking going on between... Taya and Rosemary, of course, Taya make fun of her ensemble saying look like an emo hot topic kid or something like that. And Rosemary did trash talk her saying that Slam Town is full of imbecile. Of course, these two lady brawl out. Of course, Taya did the super kick. Then, of course, the running double knee on the ring post for a two count. More back and forth going on with these ladies. Rosemary with the spear, Taya with the spears. Both ladies are down. Of course, they both exchange super kick. They, it's like kind of like more of a back and forth action until Taya did hit with the rope to Valhalla and pick up the victory. That's right. Taya Vakri defeated Rosemary. It was kind of like almost a three minute match, but not fully. You know, like it was a all right match, but not too much because I know the winner is like a winner takes all match type of deal. And afterwards, that. That Johnny Bravo was pretty disappointed with this whole, like, Rosemary lost match and whatnot. And he pulled kind of like the ultimate move ever. Especially for y'all gentlemen. You know what I'm talking about? Especially pulling out what is going to be an unexpected moment for a female or any significant others. He pulled out of the ring, got down to one knee, and he's about to propose to rosemary of course even though rosemary was pretty hesitant and they both looked by taya vacary and she said it's okay so taya vacary officially giving her blessing to rosemary and johnny bravo i told you y'all taya vacary has a heart okay that is why she is one of my favorite wrestler just saying people digress on it anyway so johnny bravo did proposed to rosemary 
he popped a question and she said, you know, I'm a demon, right? And she said, yes, that is right. You guys, Rosemary said yes to Johnny Bravo in a love story, of course. And then like they asked, like, should we go home now? Because, you know, a lot of people has like different um, obligation going on, especially Kylie Ray. She's the number one contender for the Impact Knockout title that she defeated Taya Valkyrie for at this during the Knockout Scotland match at Slammiversary. So Rosemary and Taya, they both say yes. And by the way, they did conclude who took the Diener's beer. It was actually Crazy Steve, you guys. So everybody got into the ring. They did one less Rosa House pose and then back to the impact zone they go, which we'll get into that in a moment. So anyway, next up you have is the black tie affair. So you have some people did dress to impress and then you have some did not dress to impress. Let's see, Reno Scum. You know Reno Scum is going to dress to impress at a feature North Cal Hall of Fame ceremony, of course. If they dress up like that, that's going to be a-okay in everybody's book because they are the North Cal legends, y'all. Just saying. In my eyes. So, yeah, you guys. So, you have Kimberly doing the introduction to Deanna Prazo. And, by the way, she is lovely and than ever, though. And everybody boo the hell out of Deanna Prazo when she came out. Trey Miguel did assist her to coming up the ring and then putting the ropes down to her as she came into the ring. And that's when Deanna Perrazzo did cut a promo saying how much she did accomplish by beating Jordan Grace not once but twice, winning the Impact Knockouts title at Slammiversary and putting into the high caliber for the 30-minute Knockouts Ironman match. And then lo and behold, here out comes Jordan Grace dressing the casual as ever. Jordan Grace came out, cut a promise that she apologized for being undressed. And she said she's not here to fight. She's here to congratulate Deanna Prazo, especially, you know, rec- you know, kind of like giving a appraisal for like putting into the limit during the Ironman match, especially, like I said, both ladies did a very incredible job with the Ironman match, even though I did kind of like say a bit negative regarding like the commercial break. And I feel like it did not give more of a shine, but I give more respect to Deanna and Jordan for putting into a high caliber of a match too. So as with Jordan Grace did cut a promo, music hits and oh my God, you guys, I marked the F up because Tennille Dashwood is back y'all that's right and you know what's funny earlier this morning i was looking through tenille dashwood curious to see how is she doing since she hasn't been in impact wrestling for months since the pandemic hit because i know that she is um immunocompromised due to her past um health condition she had so it kind of made me miss tenille dashwood but looking at her she had a great time like only traveling like in the florida area because, you know, she is a wonderluster, though. And during the pandemic, she could not travel, but only, like, in the statewide. So, yeah. So, Tennille Dashwood is officially back. Miss, everything is about her. So, she cut a promo. She said it's good to be back. And that she is ready to challenge Yana Peraza for the title. And, of course, the first thing first, she said to Jordan, I'm Tennille Dashwood. And he never beat me. And then Jordan cut a promo and confronted to Neil's like, excuse me, you never beat me. Like, 
And so there was kind of like a back and forth argument. And then Deanna cut a promo. She said, you guys are ruining my black tie affair. And as when she said, I'm sick and tired of you clowns. And of course, boom, with the pretty impressive special effects. I want to give command to Impact Wrestling. Uh, the Razzle House crew is back, you guys. So in the ring, everybody was all shocked and awe. And then Kylie was about to attack Deanna. But then... Kylie had the ropes a bit down lower and Deanna rolled out. And then Kimberly was about to attack Kylie Ray until Susie grabbed the back fist. And that's when Kylie did the super kick. And of course, like Kylie and Susie both standing tall and Kylie hold on to the impact knockout title. But she got to put it back, you know, being the nice girl she is too. So yeah, y'all, the whole Russell House crew is back. And that is right. And as I stated on Twitter, is now back to business. That's right. Tag team division, X division, also the knockouts division. They have to be ready to bring their A game, especially in the knockouts division as well. And you know what's interesting? Now we saw that Deanna and Kimberly are like working well as alliance. Maybe seeing them as a tag team in the near future, you guys. Because I know that they've been mentioning in the past about like bringing about the Impact Knockouts tag team titles. And especially I touch base about like you have the Knockouts being a tag team now. Like you have Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, Nevaeh and Jessica Havoc, Susie and Kylie Ray. Now we have uh, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. I forgot about that. And then now you have Isiana Prazo and Kimberly. And that's going to be pretty interesting. And also, the remaining people that does not have a tag team yet was Alicia Edwards, Katie Forbes, Deanna, not Deanna Prozo, uh, Jordan Grace, and Tennille Dashwood. That's going to be a pretty interesting outcome that's going to happen. I can picture it out. You'll have is Alicia Edwards and Katie Forbes. Of course, they're going to be teaming up because, you know, significant others. Like, Alicia Edwards is married to Eddie Edwards. Katie Forbes is with Rob Van Dam, of course. And then you have Jordan Grace and Neil Dashwish. You know they're going to be feuding back and forth. And then maybe forming some type of an alliance in your future. Like, kind of like, you know, you hate each other. And then, oh, we're a tag team. But digress on it. It's like so many endless possibilities going on. I'm looking forward to what's going to be happening next. Anyway, you guys. So before I get into the main event of this match and for my thoughts of it. We're going to be taking a quick commercial break and we're going to be hearing from Phila from Chicle TV. Hey, what's going on guys? Philip here. Look, there are so many channels out there on YouTube that do pranks and, and challenges and funny videos like That Just Happened TV, Nelk, and Love Live Serve. But why don't you look up Chicle TV? Yes, Chicle TV. C-H-I-K-L-E TV. It is a channel I started with my buddy Vinny a couple years ago. And we've done wrestling finishers in the public. He's done eating challenges. We've done pranks to people. It's a whole lot of fun. You know, when you go to YouTube, it is the thumbnail with the guy blowing the bubble. It says Chicle TV right in the bubble. And look, you know, just sit down, relax, hop on YouTube, look up Chicle TV, and... Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Crack open a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Chicle TV. Like, share, subscribe. It is the freshest channel on YouTube. All right, guys, we are back. So right after the commercial break, you have is Gia Miller interviewing Brian Myers. Your typical interview, nothing special. And then you have is the matches that have been announced for next week. So you have is the returning locker room talk, 
where Madison Rain and possibly Johnny Swinger will be interviewing Susie and Kylie Ray, plus a match between TJP versus Chris Bay. And you have is the Impact Tag Team title match where Motor City Machine Guns will be taking on the Rascals, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Woods. So that's going to be the match for next week. And let's go ahead and move on to the main event match, which you have is Eddie Edwards versus Eric Young. So pretty much this match was a pretty mind-blowing match. And it was very, wow, impressed and brutal. So you have a lot of back and forth going on. You have his Eric Young with the napbreaker off the apron for after they both rolled up for two counts. And then Eddie Edwards with a chop and a jab towards EY, like on the turnbuckle until EY did the submission on top of the turnbuckle until Eddie Edwards with a step-up kick, then a backpack stunner for a two count. And then Eddie Edwards with the chop while EY was sitting on the top rope. And that's when EY did the flying elbow for the two counts. Chubbs back and forth. This match itself, it's really crazy altogether. Especially with the whole psychology going on. You can tell that Eddie Edwards is really upset for for what EY did to Rich Swan like during anniversary, And after Rich Swan did declare that he is re- retired from in-ring competition. That's how ruthless Eric Young got by brutally attacking him. Telling like he is the force of wrecking. So you can see there's like more of like a built up anger from Eddie Edwards. So Eddie Edwards did the punch and then the Tiger Driver wrote two count. And then Eric Young did roll out of the ring as Eddie did a Tope Sudicia, which landed on the guardrail. And that's where his knee was starting to act up a bit. And of course, yeah. Another Toby Suicida from Eddie Edwards. And then EY did grab the title until the ref told him to do So kind of like in a distraction. So he gave the title to the ref. And the ref was like putting it down. Not looking that EY grabbed the helmet that he always wear. That cool looking helmet. And hit Eddie on the head. And that's when the ref turned and he was about to do... The package pile driver, y'all, Eric Young is your new Impact World Champion. Like, he did it. Like, what the hell? I was pretty much lost for words that, you know, with Eric Young doing his, like, evil antic, he did, he finally succeeded. Like, beating Eddie Edwards for the Impact world title it was a pretty good match even though there's like a bit of a botch spot but not too much but but i can't understand because eddie edwards was still like his knees was hurting he's not sure he was about to do his boston knee party finisher you know he did pull out a fight you know and unfortunately he lost that fight to eric young and afterwards eric young did continue on to attack eddie edwards brutally until you have the referee and security coming out to break up the, you know, that brutal moment from EY. So I feel that with this, it's pretty much a bit too soon for Eric Young to win the Impact World title because I was expecting him to win the title at Bound for Glory. You know, that would be the perfect opportunity for him to win because having him winning the title 
on a regular Tuesday, especially kind of like a quote-unquote Tuesday night war with WWE NXT. Like, anybody is not tuning in to Impact Wrestling. It's kind of like more of kind of like a conflict going on. So, I guess it is the right move, you know. I wish it would have been like something, but... That's just my opinion on it, but I'm happy that EY won. He definitely deserved it. So congratulations to Eric Young for becoming the Impact World Champion. And yeah, you guys. And after the credit ends, you guys, they show Moose coming into a room and he saw a board of pictures of himself like with like lines going across. Pictures of Moose, like, where he's living, where he's staying at the hotel. Last week's picture, leading up to pictures from today, he was looking through the picture and he was freaking out, like, no joke. It's like, you saw it on, like, a crime drama or a crime movie, where, like, you saw someone, kind of like a stalker, has, like, pictures of you putting, like, clues by clues. Yeah, that is like t some type of feel to it. And that was like a pretty impressive ending too. Just like with Slammiversary, like after the show ended and that's when you have his EC3 um, made the appearance like out of nowhere. This is the type of feel that I got too with this continued storyline between Moose and Eric Young. By that, I was very blown away. And that was the perfect way to conclude Impact Wrestling before their next show as well you guys so it was pretty good actually with that being said this week's episode of impact wrestling was pretty much surprising even though it was a bit slow at start but then again you have like some surprising moments like the returning tenniel dashwood russell house has finally ended so like i say it's back in business where each of the roster has to be focused on like what they got to do next and, of course, the title switch during the main event match. So I was pretty blown away. And the the end of the segment after the credit rolls on, too. So with that being said, my thumbs up, thumbs down of the show. I'm going to give a generous one and a half thumbs up. I really love the execution for the storyline. The EC3 and Moose storyline no matter how much, like, I have a low opinion about Moose and what's going on, but I'm a fan of this storyline altogether. Wrestle House, however, I'm glad it did end it. And I would say the best match out of all the Wrestle House segments would have to be Kylie Ray versus Taya Valkyrie at night one of Emergence. So that is it for... The whole recap of Impact Wrestling altogether, you guys. And also the show, you guys. So thank you so much for listening to me rambling and rambling and rambling. But hey, that's what I love to do. Talk about wrestling and providing you guys some information for like events I've gone to. And also a bit of a wrestling news um, from New Japan Pro Wrestling sometime. I'll bring in some impact wrestling and independent wrestling here and there depends on it but yeah anyway you guys so with that before everything i'm going to give you guys my plug and also 
where you guys can see me. So you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and on my YouTube channel at simply underscore C underscore okay. You guys make sure to check out Teddy Turnbuckles on Twitter and on YouTube. And also make sure to check out Russell Joy on Twitter and YouTube channel and the website russelljoy.com. Also make sure to follow nodq.com. On the website, also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at nodqdotcm. That's right. And also make sure to follow The Boy Kaz on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube channel at The Boy Kaz or simply Boy Kaz. And also check out other podcasting platforms, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or any other podcasting platform as well with that being said you guys that is it for now and please remember to wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds practice social distancing remember to quote lady gaga wear a mask show some respect and remember please be kind to one another we're all in this together cheers y'all This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.